Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions. I'm one of your hosts, as always, Liz. And joining me tonight is... Hi, it's Cassie. And hello, it's Fran. Howdy, gang. So, tonight we are going to boldly go where actually it turned out a bunch of people have been before, but we haven't done it yet. We're going to talk about Star Trek. Yay. Uh, All right. So before we do that, how are you all doing? Eh, I'm not doing I'm not doing too badly. Uh, I uh, yeah, well, we talked about that in the intro, so Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but nothing to do with gaming. Speaking of that though, how's uh have you guys had a chance to play at all? Uh, I have not because um yeah. None of my scheduled games have been happening as of yet. Yeah, which is partly our fault because um, we've had a an in-family health crisis that, you know, in the world of adult gaming, nothing blows up your schedule like two people both going, yeah, no, we can't do, we don't have any idea what we can do for the next month and a half. So. Yeah, no, I completely get that. I have not gotten a chance to play my game. Or about mm-hmm. to run my game either, mm-hmm. but I did get a chance to play Ticket to Ride Europe. Oh, nice! Yeah, I haven't played that in years. I've never played Europe, oh. uh, but, but mm-hmm. we've got it because well, Jeff had it before I moved in and be in our collections, you know, fused mm-hmm. as as you do. Yep. Um, but we had our friend over for brunch, and we were going to play some Doctor Who, mm-hmm. but my brain just decided, you know what? I'm not going to yeah. let you sleep. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that sucks. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. But we got, we did, uh, we did take a drive, which is super fun. Hmm. Uh, I ended up winning, which I, never happened. So that was also nice. kind of fun. I actually think Ticket to Ride Europe is more fun than, than the U.S. one, honestly. I, I you know, I do too. Um, I really want to play New York, which they've got like taxis and ferries and oh, stuff. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that one. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I saw it. I, I think I, I listened to it on, uh, oh, some board game podcast. Um, oh, crap. What's the name of that podcast? I don't, I don't have my phone or else I'd look. I, it's a, I'll it's okay. I'll remember it and put it in post. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so we did this, we did that. Uh, made uh made a really good brunch casserole. Oh, excellent! That sounds interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, uh, my friend is vegetarian, and I forgot at the last minute. Mm. So I substituted sausage for uh, mushrooms and onions, sautéed in soy sauce. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds with some, really nice. With some Cajun spice thrown in, some Tony Sachery's, mm. and it tastes remarkably like sausage. It, uh-huh. it, if we haven't uh, mentioned this before, by the way, Liz is apparently a really good cook. At least uh-huh. she keeps telling us about these delicious meals. <laughs> uh, when I when, when we come up to uh, to Seattle, I will. Uh, I actually really <laughs> want to look, to go to like the fish market. Mm. Oh yeah, sure. Pike Place. And look at and, and get some like fresh fish and do something with that. 
watch them throw the fish. Oh yeah, you know, pass them back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we in Seattle so commonly do with fish. Yes. Yes. It was yes. style at the time. <laughs> it, 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 it is where the New Zealand it, it comes from, I believe. But uh. Too but deep a cut. Sorry. <laughs> But no, we're not uh, we're not talking about we're a little bit north of what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, from the uh, San Francisco area, we're talking about mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yep. And specifically Star Trek and gaming, we might broaden out to. I mean, come on! If you're listening to us by this point, we get off topic. You know the drill. <laughs> but um, we might venture out to some other stuff. But we're also going to look at how uh, how to make Trek more queer, which Let's be fair, it, it could do a little better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, so let's start let's start off a little bit. There have been a bunch of Star Trek games. What was our first Star Trek games? Hmm. Uh, well, the funny thing is that these the Trek games that Fran and I have played in were all mm-hmm. um, homebrew. Yep. Okay. Yeah, pretty um, much all that, of them. <laughs> Yeah, I I wasn't in the college game, which I'm really sad about because I really want to talk about it. From what everything everyone has said uh, about it, it 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 reveals a very very interesting aspect of gaming with Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in the the game that we had several years later. Actually, yeah. I tell a lie. It was in one session of the college Trek game when I was out visiting after I'd left. Right. Um, what? What system was that? Out of curiosity, it was all homebrew. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. it was homebrew, basically um, rolled on top of the uh, rolled pretty much on top of uh, the cyberpunk system. So again, D- very D10s, easy system. Yeah, stat plus skill plus D10. For for those of you for those of you playing at home, uh, <laughs> can take a drink because <laughs> cyberpunk. <laughs> Yeah, because we've already mentioned it. It's, I mean, this this is the thing. Um, for for those of us who who were playing at that time in the very early '90s, mm-hmm. um, Cyberpunk was really one of the most versatile systems out there as far as yeah. adapting for other settings. Well, I mean, well, I guess I, you could play GURPS. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I have to, I mean, I have to is, remind my. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say GURPS is, is sort of a different animal because. Yeah. It's so complicated. I meant because cyberpunk is so simple. Mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have to remember, like when I started gaming was with, like a little bit of second edition D and D, but mostly third, the third edition era. Mm-hmm. So, the first I always... game I ever played with Fran was a big old second edition game, a gigantic, huge second edition D and D game. Yeah. What what I was gonna say was so I always had like like stripped out D twenty. It's like oh we want to do D twenty Call Cthulhu. We want to do D twenty Space Adventures. We yeah. want to do D twenty Star Trek. I, I gotta be perfectly frank. Um, I don't think D twenty is as versatile as they tried to make it, or as no. simple as it, simple as they tried to make it sound. No, it mm. is not. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I mean, like it, I said on another on another one of our episodes, D twenty Call of Cthulhu was not very good. <laughs> it's the only I, copy I own. <laughs> I'm looking at mine and it's just, uh. <laughs> but uh, but no, but so speaking of Star Trek, so yeah. you said you all have played Homebrew. Yeah. So my first encounter with Star Trek uh, 
tabletop was actually was a game called Prime Directive. Hmm. I think I've heard uh, of it. It's weird. I, I'm we might I might do we might do like a little ancillary episode where we try this because it's such a weird game because it looks hmm. like what happened. Once upon a time the rights to Star Trek as a game were given to this company, Armadillo Designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've spun it off into their own thing. So I don't know exactly how they're getting away with this, but they're able to call it the uh, Prime Directive universe. Hmm. But oh. it's Star Trek. Yeah, that is interesting. Just, just it, everyone's wearing a funny hat. I, I, well, I really... I want to do some digging and see if we can't find someone to tell me the history of, mm. of this because I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, there uh, must have been some weird licensing, okay. you know, spin hole or something. Yeah, because there's even, um, like, miniature... like like old school ship to ship combat minis rules that they still publish. Mm. Hey, look at this. Um, I got it. I got the Wikipedia right here. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was originally published by task force games in 93. It used an in-house mm. design with a D six system. Um, it's set in the Star Trek derived Starfleet universe. It says, blah, Hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Talk amongst yourselves. Well, but no, but that Starfleet universe, like, like I came across it because I, I, I picked up a copy, a PDF copy of this prime directive book and uh-huh. it's interesting. Hey. I don't want to say it's bad because I've actually yet to run it. Okay. That uh-huh. is cool. It says um, the most popular aspect was a multi-tiered task resolution system where characters could achieve complete, moderate, minimal failure or botch levels of success with their actions. Hmm. Wow. That's really neat. And a character reputation and background system that allows characters to spontaneous develop, spontaneously develop skills, abilities, and prior associations appropriate to the mission at hand. Yeah, that's Star Trek. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Isn't that... your mom on this planet? Why, yes. Yes, she is. It doesn't say anything about their history of licensing or not being licensed, though. I might I might just fire off an email to the company that that runs it. Like, hey, can we talk to any of you folks on our show? Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. But uh, and, and yeah, add it to the add it to the list. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but no, but nowadays uh, I'm I've run a weekly. Star Trek Adventures from Modiphius, mm-hmm. which I'll be honest, I think it's the bee's knees. Thank you. I've I'm been like, trying to bring, I've been trying to bring stuff like that back. Oh, I, I, see that all, I don't know. I don't, I, I say it all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, I think it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, we are almost in the twenties. We are, we are. I'm, I'm going to start bringing, uh, flapper dresses back. Mm, raccoon coats. Uh, maybe fake, not. Fake raccoon. Fake, fake raccoon, raccoon coats. And and in a few years we do have to start saying twenty three skidoo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and we've already and we've already got the racism. 
But that's true. <laughs> we do. And the anti-Semitism. It's exciting. Yeah. And uh, we, now we just need some gin fizzes and we're all set. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gotten off track. So Modiphius. <laughs> yeah, Modiphius. So they're um, they're using it's their it's a customized version of the D twenty or the two D twenty system hmm. that they use. The two D twenty. Yeah, it's really cool. It's so you're you add you've got your you've got a discipline and an attribute. Um or I'm sorry, yeah, discipline which is like command, security, science, medicine, uh-huh. uh con. And con! Then, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there's I, a rule. We do that one a lot. Yeah, we do too. Um, uh-huh. And then there's um things like uh and then your attributes are daring. Um, I always remember daring, but daring, mm. reason, things like that. And you pick mm. a, a, an attribute, you pick a discipline, add them together, and you roll 2d20, and you try to get under that number. Oh. That's interesting. It's like a, it's like a twist on the ancient saving throw rule. Yeah, and you can like buy you can buy extra dice and you can gain what's called momentum, which lets you do cool things, but it, it doesn't last forever. It kind of trickles down as, as the game progresses. Huh. But really... you but you can build it back up, but at the same time the mm. game master is getting threat. So and they can spend that to do different things to you. Hmm. So the game master is actually, it sounds like, playing, not just running. If they're mm. if they're using resources as well. Yeah, it, it it's one of those games where um, it definitely doesn't hurt to have like a like a poker set lying around mm. for chips. Hmm. But mm-hmm. uh, it's fun, and there's like you have things like values that are uh, you know like like things written down about your character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uses, uh, and, and they can do different uh, different things. Like you can get extra dice by doing that. We roll dice. Like uh, the one I always remember is our is our security officer's value. Um, leap then look. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he uses that to. Uh, he's like, ah, I'll figure it out at the end. Yeah. He, yeah. he justifies a lot of things doing that, which is fun, and I like it. So, but um, yeah. uh, but no, anyway, it's 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 a neat system. Mm-hmm. It's deceptively so, it's simple enough to learn, but then once you kind of understand it, you realize you can do a whole bunch of things with it. Mm. And once you learn it, you also have learned Modifius's other games too. Oh, that's mm. cool. Because like Conan, uh, Mutant Year Zero. Uh, a bunch of other stuff uses this same system, but kind mm. of customized for that setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. Cool. I just it saw. Uh, yeah, I just saw on Twitter um, they've got a new source book that's coming out. I it sort of breezed past, and I was like, oh, I should uh, sh- should retweet that and and put you know tag you, and just went past, and I didn't. So I have no memory of what the source book is. I, I just know think, a Trek I source book. Think that is going to be the Gamma Quadrant source book. Okay. 
um, written in part by Sarah Stone, who is uh, as another trans game designer. Oh, cool. Uh, we walk uh, among you. <laughs> how, uh, how, yeah. how many do we know now? <laughs> All of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know Sarah Stone. <laughs> no, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, I don't know, like, uh, someone at, well, I, I don't want to say someone at Wizards, because, yeah, mm. I'm not happy with them right now. Uh, but oh, that's either they do something there. in particular, or? Uh, no, I, I, personal grievance, uh, I don't like <laughs> Mike Marles. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't I, either, but uh-huh. you know, that's okay. You know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. He is no longer the lead designer of D and D. He did not design. He was not the lead designer uh-huh. of fifth edition. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy. Oh my God. What's his name? Oh, Crawford. Yeah. Jeremy Crawford is oh. what was the main designer. Um, and the great thing about Jeremy is he gets on Twitter and answers rules questions. I didn't know that. I just didn't know yeah. he was the lead designer. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I believe he was. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, uh, but Mike is still, you know, up there. Yeah. So. But yeah, and that's why I just I just can't I can't yeah. do it. But anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, we're talking about Star Trek. So Star Trek, yes. arguably, very progressive. Can Star Trek be queer? Uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Have you watched Star Trek Discovery? I have not, but I have heard about it. I've because seen the first the, season. Because the answer to that is emphatically yes. Um, it just hasn't been. Yes. Well, that's because certain people are in charge of Discovery who are not in charge mm-hmm. of the next generation or yeah. uh, other Star Trek properties, because there were certain people in charge of the next generation Mm -hmm. who were not exactly um, interested in making Star Trek queer. In fact, vehemently not interested Mm -hmm. in making Star Trek queer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, I will say, to be fair, Star Trek got a very long distance um, doing good work by making allegories where basically the characters looked out at you and went, you you get this is about you and the crap you're up to right now, right? But, uh, yeah, but there was that one episode mm-hmm. of TNG that just about everyone was disappointed with, including people who worked on it. Are you talking about the one with Riker? Yes. Uh, and he, um, he meets that androgynous person? Yes, yep. and just, and like... Jonathan Frakes has said this. All kinds of people have said mm-hmm. this. They, if they'd cast it, the fact that they only cast small women to play mm-hmm. the androgynous characters, yeah. was mm-hmm. a yeah. basically was them being chicken-hearted, mm-hmm. yeah, and not letting themselves follow through. Mm-hmm. And actually, again, there was there were certain people behind the scenes who were adamant mm-hmm. that this was not going to be a queer episode. Yeah, I I will say, having rewatched that episode um, and having friends who are, you know, who despise it, um, <laughs> I I actually still really feel that one and I see value in it. Um, and the value that I see in it is nobody on Enterprise judges Will for what's going on, Will um 
doesn't, you know, Will Will really throws himself into this relationship and basically is just sort of going, I don't really care what your gender is. I care about you. And I I want you to be happy. And when she comes out and says, you know, I feel feminine and female, he says, well, let's get you there, which to me feels like a very Federation kind of attitude of, oh, well, you know, we have doctors for this crap. We have, you know, we have resources. Let's just go. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, but then I mean, they, but you know, no matter what happens, they mm-hmm. totally undercut it in the first trail episode as well. Uh where where when when the trill gets into the new host, it's immediate lesbian panic. I, you know, I'm going to say something about that too because I I I rewatched that one recently as well, and uh-huh. not super recently, but um. The vibe I got off Beverly was much more, it's the change. It's the fact that, like, you are going to be a different you. It's not that you are female. Like, like the impression I got very strongly was, if this was the only time I thought this was going to happen, I would do it. But That's not the impression I ever got. The impression okay. I ever got was, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm not attracted to women, and this is freaky. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. the impression that I always mm-hmm. got from that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I mean, DS9 was much better. Oh, yeah. Much oh, yeah. better. But again, controlled by slightly different people. <laughs> Curzon, my old friend. Yes. Jadzia now. Jadzia, my old friend. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've actually never seen that first trail episode. I need to go and watch that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Excuse me. Yeah, he's uh, on the Netflix. Yeah, I just can't remember what it was called, or or indeed what season it was, but it was pre Deep Space Nine. Oh, I'll I'll find it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, no, it is better since we're talk since we're kind of talking about episodes that we're not fans of. We'll say there is um a Voyager episode. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, a Voyager episode with uh, false rape accusations. Oh, yeah. Or an allegory for false rape accusations uh-huh. with uh, with <clears throat> seven thinking that uh, an alien doctor did something to her. Uh-huh. He didn't. It's something, something Borg problems. Uh, it's 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 a rough episode. Hmm. And he ends up getting killed, and now Seven has to live with that, that it's her fault. Mm. Yikes. Yeah. Wow. That's a little problematic. And I, I feel like as good as Star Trek can be in places, it <clears throat> it can be worse. Does mm. that make sense? It absolutely does, because... Um, there's this urge to be very, very progressive... But Mm -hmm. sometimes it sometimes the people who are it doesn't always age well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Or or people miss important implications Mm. of uh, of uh, a story. So, Mm. yeah, Um, the name of that episode, by the way, is The Host. 
and it is the uh, 23rd episode of the fourth season. Though it can't be any worse than the episode where Crusher meets a literal ghost. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that was oh oh with the candle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, I remember when when we first watched that. There was like we came up with a song that was so terrible. Something like, Roman, 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 keep that candle glowing. Oh <laughs> or something yeah, that's like right. That. You remember that? Yeah, we uh this we used to watch the show when it was actually on the air and we were in college at the time. Ow my back, you kids get off my lawn. Um and so we were we we commandeered one of the uh the big auditoriums with a barco. And so it'd be like okay, thirty a barco people. Is a project is a big projection thing. It's basically something where the a, a, a screen yeah. is hooked up to a tuner that's hooked up mm. to a, a projector. Yeah. So it was so. a wall. It was a movie theater, essentially. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Okay. I yeah. saw. And uh, the bad episodes would get, let's say, raucous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We we I mean we did this as an open campus thing, and then we mm-hmm. would show movies afterwards, um, mm-hmm. science fiction movies. And since it was brought up, I've got to tell we, when we advertised them, I got to tell you my mm-hmm. favorite ad for mm-hmm. anything we ever did which was a valentine's day special double feature of terminator terminator 2 with the mm-hmm. tagline he will not stop until you are dead mm-hmm. that's pretty good yeah thank you yep. I, I i don't mm-hmm. remember who came up with it but that was uh that's my favorite mm-hmm. so here <laughs> so okay um we 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 know in in the source material, in the, the show itself, Star Trek's queer representation, not the best. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> how do we handle it? Uh, so, I guess, well, I guess I can speak more to this, but <clears throat> how do you handle it at the table? Um, you just make things queer. Yeah. Okay, very true. Very true. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously it's possible because of what I've heard about Discovery. Um yeah. that oh you okay? <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just dying over here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but um uh, it's obviously po- I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. So your character is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um it's not going to ultimately affect her. Uh, ability to um, pilot a shuttlecraft or an ion storm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, the thing about Star Trek, and I, I really do want to get to this point, is it is such a large. It it's such a large concept. It's it is filled with multitudes, mm-hmm. and it ultimately depends on um, the game master and the group um actually mm-hmm. you know what i'm going to segue right to it so um this game that got played in, in uh in college i i had left but i came back and sat in on on a session it had rotating game masters mm-hmm. and something that i i talked about it with um with a few of the the folks something that we discovered they discovered and then and then I was let in on was that Star Trek was completely different for different people. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. pe- for some people it was 
you know, more of a military thing. For some people, it was more ex- exploration. For some people, it was more of a character-based thing. And each session with this different, different game master would reflect that person's view of Star Trek. And I think that's that's why it's such a difficult game to run, uh-huh. but it's also such a rewarding one. Because if your view of Star Trek conflicts and, and the emphases conflicts with your group and they're not cool enough to roll with it, then you mm-hmm. can have serious issues. Uh, whereas <clears throat> if, if, it, you know, if, if you're simpatico, even if you're doing something way out there, like the first Borg mm-hmm. episode was way out there in the series – um, but we went with it because they went with it. Um, but um, then it can really work really well. Uh, Fran, do you want to speak about this? Um, I could talk a little bit about that. I mean, yeah, I, I think that that is one of its strengths and one of its difficulties. Because um, I, I always, I guess, um, I don't know. Um, the the boomy shooty episodes tend to be more exciting for the command crew so if you're not a member of the command crew necessarily mm-hmm. you uh you kind of get relegated to the sidelines whereas um the other episodes where you know you get a focus episode for an individual character or something like that end up giving more latitude to other folks so yeah i mean i think uh this is segueing a little bit away from the, you know, the the queer aspects of things, but um, yeah, I I think yeah, it's it's both a strength and a weakness. It's a it's a notable feature. How about we put it that way? What are your memories is, of playing in that campaign? Um, in More that money. campaign, I I actually dropped out of that campaign fairly early because I never really found a character that I could do anything that interesting with mm-hmm. um i i kept sort of feeling like i was shunted to the side a lot of the time um i actually started to get back into it when uh we started running it out here and i mm-hmm. came up with uh i came up with uh, a new character who i thought was more interesting yeah that was a completely different experience because it was mm-hmm. one yeah. person mastering it mm-hmm. and then the rest yep. of us were through and oh my god was that fun yeah really um, and that was also a homebrew system mm-hmm. but what i get bringing it back to the queer thing though is again the asp that the the thing about star trek is it contains multitudes and mm-hmm. i you know the plots mm-hmm. may not be on the queer side but that doesn't mean the characters can't be yeah um i oh my phone's ringing <laughs> Sorry, I, I hope you're not. Are you hearing that? Only the, only the very faintest. Okay, good, because I'm mm-hmm. ignoring it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm going to, I'm going to swipe a phrase, and I'm going to say, um, the best way to do it is to go forward boldly. And I'm actually going to go back to a point of mine about, um, Star Trek. Um, if you think about Trek as a genre rather than a specific series, um, if you think of it as a subgenre of science fiction, the big theme that 
we come back to again and again in I think all of the really best Trek is that Star Trek is a dream of the future. And that was what it started off as. That was really what differentiated it from everything else that was out there, from Star Wars, from Doctor Who, from uh, Blake 7, from Space 1999. It was, listen, but what if we didn't screw it all up? What if we actually did the right things? What if we found the best path? After you know, we, we hit our really low point. We hit our bottom and said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to figure out ways to not screw it up. And to me, that is kind of an essential truth of Star Trek. And so what I love about Star Trek is from series to series, the creators of the series, yes, and all of this new good stuff that we've discovered into the series. You know, the original series said, women should be able to serve in the military and people of color should be on bridges and people should be judged based on their skills and not on their race and nations should get together. And the next gen came along and said, yes, and women should be able to serve in command roles and they should be able to fight in combat and be chiefs of security and admirals and things like this. And DS nine came along and said, yes, and people of color should be in charge and we should look well, at to be fair um there was a there there was a uh, an african american yeah. admiral in both mm-hmm. the movies and the but yeah yeah mm-hmm. you can center a show on yeah. someone a person of color exactly and yeah. and and when you get to discovery um the 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 idea that there are two men who are very much in love and who make no bones about it. I, I ran into a guy online who's like, I don't watch Discovery because I hate men kissing. Um, and yeah, they, they, it's, it's right there. It is, <laughs> it's one of the big, it is, I think, the big love story in the, in the series. So what, and, you're, saying uh, is, what you're saying is you saw everything. Yes, yes, it's too late. which is an incredibly oblique star trek uh, (laughs) reference and if you get it 10 points for gryffindor uh, (laughs) but uh yeah it sorry i'm so sorry no 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 no, that's perfectly fine but yeah i i think that's the thing about trek is trek is always about getting better you know the the when, one of the other things that Discovery does is it goes back and it revisits the era of Kirk, and it does the same kind of thing there. It repaints a lot of the stuff that happened back then with brighter and more modern colors. Um, uh, old characters who make an appearance have had their attitudes modernized um, so that they are the ideals now that they were then but without the negative aspects that they had back then. So if so, I understand correctly, Pike is in it, correct? Yes, he is. And he, um, uh, let me put it this way. Um, I was not expecting to like Discovery because I have a number of friends who haven't liked it and I understand why they don't. And some of the things about it really bugged the crap out of me. But um, Captain Christopher Pike from Discovery um, may be, 
possibly be a better captain than either Kirk or Picard. Wow. And I will... Anything I say beyond that is probably going to be a spoiler, but... Well, I'm going to he... be getting CBS All Access soon mm-hmm. because we have to watch Picard because mm-hmm. Picard has because a Because there bowl. are rules. Because yeah. Picard has a pit bull and there yeah. are rules. <laughs> so kind of circling, circling back to gaming for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things I now I will admit my game is set in the next generation era. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that really draws me to doing an original series era is just like you mm-hmm. said, going back and mm-hmm. taking that or taking that original view, those original characters and recasting them i think there's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with with uh saying hey let's let's go play in that era mm-hmm. but let's leave the misogyny let's leave some of the other stuff at the door mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. <clears throat> yeah or you know pick up some of the threads that they had i mean um i don't remember the name of the the uh episode i remember it's one of the final ones of the old series where um uh, a woman takes over Kirk's body to be captain of the Enterprise because oh, she's right. passed over for command. And James Kirk e- admires her tremendously and says, you know, she could have been the first captain of a starship in, in Starfleet, and she should have been, except that she came unglued. Mm-hmm. And there's regret there. Um, and it would be wonderful to run an old an old series era story where you are on the ship with the first female captain and with a bunch of other, you know, sort of firsts and, and oddities. Mm-hmm. Although Discovery does contradict the should have been the first female captain thing. So, yeah, but but doing things like that, saying, you know, they they pointed in this direction, but didn't go there. So we're just going to go over there and plant a flag. Well, I will I'm still, say, I'm still a little bitter that we never got a Captain Sulu movie. Oh, I am so bitter about that because, uh, man. After Star Trek VI, we were all like, Captain Sulu, mm-hmm. Captain Sulu, co-starring mm-hmm. Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. Yep, oh, as, as Cabin Boy. Yeah. Which, which is even more freaking ironic now that, now, that, uh, now that he's actually out, but yeah. I will say in, in my game, uh, our captain is a female ace Vulcan. Mm. You know, I can see that. I yeah. can totally see that. Uh, the first officer, definitely, definitely gay. Just mm-hmm. he's flamboyantly gay so. Not no, no, but mm. he is gay Riker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please, yeah. please, please tell me the following exchange happened. Your ace, but what about Ponfar? We don't speak of that. Uh, no, she doesn't. Our 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 captain is very uh, quiet. I think our our season finale is going to have her opening up to the crew a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she is she is characteristically reserved. Okay, is she an NPC? Uh, she is an NPC. But one thing I do really really like about. Um, about uh, the Modifia system is that you could play the captain. Mm-hmm. One of your oh, PCs yeah. could play the captain. And mm-hmm. um, I definitely don't think it's right for every group. Um, but mm-hmm. I feel like if you've got a mature enough group, that could be some really, really good role playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of, 
none of my players wanted to be the captain because they said, no, that's boring. I want to be a mm. scientist or an engineer or the doctor mm. or the pilot. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I was, uh, we did have a captain for our last game mm-hmm. um, because it yeah. was much more of a, I think it took, did it take place in between the original series and next gen? No, well, I'm, I th- I'm pretty sure it was next gen because. You're right. The, you're right. You're right, yeah, because Gowron we was around. Yeah, Gowron was around. Um, the Ferengi were around. Right. And yeah, we uh, every one of our Star Trek games, somebody has played the captain. And um, I, I won't name a specific person, but I know even if he hadn't, there are several other people who would have fought to the death with the Lerpa to take <sighs> the captain's chair. So. Yeah, but it was much more of uh, an adventure thing mm-hmm. than... Uh, yeah, it was it was an yeah. interest. I, I was the chief engineer. Fran was the council, the ship's counselor, as I recall. Uh, ship's doctor. Ship's doctor. That's yeah. right. And that's um, right. my character, my character was descended from the same race as uh, the doctor from Enterprise, Doctor Flox. And I had a backstory that explained that yeah, our whole race is bisexual because some bunch of uh, idiots on our planet uh, on our planet tried a <laughs> eugenics war to make us all you know, perfect and heterosexual and, and normal and sane and everything. And it backfired horribly. And we really don't have any sexual boundaries whatsoever. What are you doing for dinner? Oh yeah. Denobulans. That's what, um, Denobulans, that's yeah. what, that's what Jess's character is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, little... and the, the, the cool thing mm. is we were playing with a game master who is very not comfortable with that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but let, but let <laughs> friend mostly yeah. go. Let mm-hmm. Fran mostly yep. go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's no. the, he's the same guy who's doing who's, who's currently game master DMing mm-hmm. my uh, first edition game where I'm playing where he just figured out that my character was a lesbian and is like, huh? You know, I wish I had the problems you all do. Uh, <laughs> not, so I, I I I think some of my some of my players listen. So guys, not a not a dig on you all, mm-hmm. but. <clears throat> They don't engage so much. It's, it's 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 almost like they're they're they don't they're afraid they're gonna mess something up. Oh, and it's like I have to yeah. like no 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 please go break something. That's what yeah. I I want you to. That's yeah. how I work best. And again, it does help that like I like I've been saying some of us have known each other for nearly thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also know how to push each, other, each other's buttons, which also mm-hmm. can be kind of amusing. Uh, so, I mean, we're more we're very relaxed around mm-hmm. each other, generally speaking, although obviously last mm-hmm. year around this time, I was very not relaxed in some of my games because mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I came out uh, in uh, May of uh, 2018 Mm-hmm. So around this time, I was like, "He, I'm hiding." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It, well, I guess engage. How do you, how do you get a group to engage mm. like that? I honestly, <clears throat> I as they are as they are getting more comfortable with the system, mm-hmm. they are also getting used to that. This is a lot of people who have maybe maybe they've played D and D in the past, but they haven't really 
done much else. The only reason I could sell them on Star Trek was because a lot of them are Star Trek fans. So, mm-hmm. but uh, no, it's it's difficult. I I mean it's it's not hard once once things get going, but I just I don't know. Sorry, this is just me complaining. Um, <laughs> but no, so so kind of some final thoughts here. Star Trek could be gayer. Yes. Uh, everything could be gayer. Come everything could be, be gayer. Um, but, and, and Star Trek has got some problems. It's not perfect. Um, but show me a long-running series that is. Um, has, uh, anyway, my point is, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, queering it up a little bit, you know? Uh, and always remember, Star Trek started as an allegory for uh, morality plays, effectively. Yeah, anti-racist, anti, um, uh, uh, anti-nationalist. I mean, there are reasons why I don't, I never feel like Space Marines work in Star Trek properly. <clears throat> yeah, like having I, Sulu and Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Uhura. Oh, her, yeah, don't forget, don't forget her, but, um, yeah. Now, it does say something that the, arguably the three main characters of the original series, Kirk, Spock, and Bones, eh, white dudes, but Spock what you Spock was also an allegory, though, very intentionally. Um, being, a, I mean, it was a safe choice because Leonard Nimoy was white. But the character was intended to be an allegory um, for dealing with different races in a command. I mean, he's a Vulcan. He's an alien. Um, Although the network did force him to tone it down. If you watch the uh, pilot, um, his makeup looks much greener. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And they they asked. They asked it to tone it down specifically to make him look a little whiter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, of course, uh, it was definitely intended to be an allegory for an alien being the science officer and second in command of the starship. You know, I, 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 I that's one of the many reasons I love Spock um, and Leonard Nimoy, of course, who was an amazing man. What so I think? What are our favorite episodes? Um, just Ooh. one. What's your favorite episode? Oh, wow! Out of any of the series, Fran, you want to go first? Fran, are you there? Did we lose Fran? Oh no! I Did accidentally you... stomped on my I accidentally stomped on my no talkie button. That's all. Ah, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I can I just say that I hate picking favorites, so I'm not gonna I'm not going to pick my favorite episode, but I'm going to pick a favorite episode. Okay. I'm actually running through uh, old series again right now, and um, I still can't get over how much I love Devil in the Dark. Oh yeah. It's. it's the 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 horda and that whole story is just really spectacular and goes a lot of really interesting places and um 
all of the characters have neat and interesting things to do and the 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 you know ooh creepy monster aspect of it is fantastic but then they bring it back around to this really great hard sf conclusion which is life doesn't necessarily look the way you expect it to look and, and intelligent conclusion exactly yeah. yeah so that's my pick okay uh, Kat, um, what's yours? I'm going to go with uh, my, what uh, one of my favorites when I was a kid, because um, I loved Shakespeare, uh, The Conscience of the King, which is also uh, a, uh, an original series episode. And it's interesting that it was one of my favorites as a kid, because it is truly about coming to terms with aging, uh -huh. um, which... Among other things. Among other things, but I mean that's that's one of the main many things. I mean, really, mm -hmm. you know, it's a person coming to terms with the fact that he's not a young man anymore. And I haven't seen it in many years. Have you seen it more recently, Fran? Yeah, I have actually. And um, I mean, it's it's about that. It's about um, holding people to account for. Um, the their results rather than for the reasons um mm. it's about um uh, giving credit to witnesses mm. um it's about grief and it's, as well it's it's about grief it's about how the evil that we do leeches out from where we do it and poisons the things around it that we love and that is an aspect of it that i really love yeah and the idea that Sorry, go ahead. Um, just the idea that Kodos, the Kodos comes to realize that, oh my God, the one part of my life that I didn't dip in garbage got corrupted anyway, despite everything that I could do. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and the Shakespeare, which, yeah. you know, is mm -hmm. just sort of the cherry on top. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so I think I'm I think I'm gonna go with that one. I really want to watch it again because I haven't seen it in a few, in many years. Liz, I think my favorite. I'm gonna be a bit of a rebel. I'm gonna pick one from Deep Space Nine because that's uh, that's my favorite series. Mm. My oh. favorite episode is Far Beyond the Stars, and that's the one where Cisco um, he. Uh, He's he's kind of dealing with the aftermath of the Dominion War, mm -hmm. mm. and um, he uh, he has an orb experience, or, or maybe it's not an orb experience. I can't quite mm. remember how it starts. I think it's um, he's distracted by a vision and a voice. Uh -huh. um, but anyway, he ends up in the 20th century in 1950. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he's writing about Deep Space Nine, but he's a sci-fi writer for the Pulps. Uh -huh. <clears throat> yep. Um, you know, and he writes, he writes about Deep Space Nine, about the story, but they won't, they uh -huh. won't want to publish it because, you know, a black captain. Uh -huh. that, yeah. That. Oh, you're, you're crazy talk. up for a second there. Hang on. <laughs> Yeah. So, say, so say what you were saying again. You were really breaking up. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was saying that, you know, because he's, he writes this story about Deep Space Nine, 
but you know, he, it, it's of course his story, and you can't have a. And but it, that story, everyone loves it, but it gets turned down because you can't have a black captain. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that's a really I think that's that's definitely a really a really powerful story. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And, and just the way it the way it ends, and also kind of the way it addresses mental health, because ultimately he's wa- locked in a mental asylum hmm. because people think he's kind of gone crazy. Um, wow! It's 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 one. I'm going to go back. I, I kind of want to go back and watch it, hmm. but it's it definitely looks at dealing with grief, kind of processing that, um, and it it's just really good. It's also really cool to see all the Deep Space Nine actors in 1950s style clothing. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make one more observation before we go to um, shout outs or anything like that. Um, I want to observe that there's a generational thing here, which I find very interesting and mm. which I also have with my wife, which is for us, for Fran and me, uh, Next Gen came on when we were in, in uh, high school. And there is a reason why Fran and I probably both picked original series episodes because they were we watched them again and again and again throughout all our formative mm-hmm. mo- earliest formative years. And On very made... high number TV channels that you had to <laughs> continually adjust the antenna for. <laughs> and so, um, so there's you know they are the formation of Trek for us a lot, but people of a different generation like like you Liz or like my wife just barely um mm-hmm. grew up with next gen and deep space 9 and so for you that's what trek is and i think there's an interesting there's an interesting observation to make there and i'm not entirely sure what it is but i wanted to bring it up mm. it it definitely is something for me it's like i feel like i Sometimes I have I don't have patience for the original series because mm-hmm. I I know, I know the continuity of stuff because I'm you know I'm an obsessive nerd. Uh, you might even <laughs> mm-hmm. say I'm a Trekkie. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it's like, well, yeah, but that gets changed later, and it's just it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I get I get frustrated with it, but yeah, it's oh yeah. Every every time somebody on the show says Vulcanian, my teeth itch. So <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so I think I think we've we've talked a lot about Star Trek. I think this is good. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to shoutouts. Okay. Uh, so Fran, what are you shouting out to this week? Oh man, I haven't really had a. I've I've had kind of a hard time finding anything to really relax to this week. Um, yeah, okay, I'll give a really weird random shout out to the TV show American Ninja Warrior. Um, it is one of the only sports programs I have ever enjoyed watching, and the reason is because even though technically everybody on the show is competing against everybody else on the show. The only person on the show, the only thing on the show that anybody actively hates 
is the damn course. <laughs> and so you have people who are edging each other out of slots to go on to the finale, cheering along the people who are trying to edge them out as they're fighting their way through this monstrous course. You have people competing in head-to-head uh, competitions in a few cases, and then hugging each other at the end. And you can see them going, holy crap, dude, that was incredible. Did, did, I almost fell to my death. Oh my god, me too. On that last thing, holy crap. And um, it is, it's one, the, the, the people who actually manage to do this stuff are just absolutely stunning. Have you um, ever, I don't mean to interrupt, but have you ever mm-hmm. seen the video of the person doing it in a T-Rex costume? Uh, yeah, at some point, yes, I have. I love those T-Rex mm-hmm. costumes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> You, yeah. you owe it to yourself to go watch that video mm-hmm. again. Yeah, all, for those who haven't listening. seen it. Yeah, but uh, it's I'm uh, I'm I'm realizing that um, they they the show started off very very um, heavy in men, um, but every woman that came through the entire audience was on its feet, going, "Come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it." And when women finally started breaking through, everybody got excited about it. And the, I think that's the, the thing that I love about it is not one person takes the course where everybody's kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I guess, try to get it done. Everybody is there to see you try to win. Everybody wants you, when you are on that course, to beat the course. Um, and uh, that's, that's, that, that warms my heart. And uh, weeks like this, I can really use that. So, uh, so that's my shout out. That's that's a good one. That that might be the most purest, heartfelt thing I've ever heard. And <laughs> shut up, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> but um, no. Okay, so Cassie, what uh, what are you digging this week? All right. So my shout out is entirely Liz's fault. Hmm. Did you oh, finally oh, watch oh, Gentleman oh, Jack? No, 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 no. no. Uh, so um, Liz inadvertently introduced me to a uh, musician named Mal Bloom, and uh, uh, they're non-binary. Uh, Blum. Blum? Is it Blum? Blum. Okay. Yeah. They're non-binary, uh, and the music is um, country folk, power pop, punk. Kind of. Okay, I lost some <laughs> neurons there, but I think yeah, I made well, it, it around the turn. It, depend, it depends on, on, on which album you're listening to, really. Because mm-hmm. they started out with just, you know, uh, self-producing acoustic guitar, a little bit of a country folk kind of sound, sort of. But um, uh, their latest album was actually released phys- in physical media today. Um, and the, the record company that they, they've signed with, uh, very nicely put it up on YouTube. So I've gotten a chance mm. to hear it. And I know Liz has, has listened to it already, but more importantly, Liz has guest starred in one of the videos for the, <laughs> for the, uh, yeah. do you want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah. So when I was at a camp, uh, which for those of you who don't know, I've talked a little bit about it, but it's, it's a, it's a queer summer camp put on by Autostraddle. Um, Mal, they shot their music video 
for uh, for one of their songs there. See Me, I, I think it's the song title. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and my girlfriend and I are uh, are in the song. I'm oh. I'm only in the second part of it because mm. I kind of wandered on. Yeah, but Jess got her picture taken, didn't she? She did. Yeah. I didn't get my picture. So they, the kind of the intro is they're taking pictures like at the school photo. <laughs> but I wasn't there at that part because I went to a tarot reading workshop <laughs> and then wandered away and wandered on. To the, <laughs> I just, I was, I just, I just saw my girlfriend and I wandered over and. Mm-hmm. and He's like, oh, you're going to be in a music video now. I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) It it was just, it's so funny because, you know, you post the video and uh, to Facebook and I just start watching. He's like, oh, I really like that music. Hey, that looks like Jess. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and, and the shorter person is Liz. Yeah. (laughs) That's really charming. Um, Yeah. so, So the music is, is just, I mean, they're, the the lyrics are fantastic. Um, I will say that it gave it gives me the feels. Mm-hmm. Um, the music is great. It's um, the most recent album they uh, recorded with um, a backing band, a full backing band. Ooh. And um, oh god, what is it called? Pity Boy. Yeah, that's the new album. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is my big shout out. Y'all should listen to it. It's up on the YouTubes. Um, it's available on the iTunes. And as I said, the physical media apparently just came out today. And after next payday, I hope to get it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have two things. I know I'm breaking rules, but uh, I made the <laughs> rules anyway. So You made uh, the rules. Go ahead. So, so the first thing I want to shout out to is one that I'm sure people are fans of. Uh, it's the Expanse television series, mm-hmm. but I, so I'm just now watching it and you can't I've see read, it, but I'm bouncing in bed. I've read every one of the books. I love the series and it's so weird seeing these characters starting out again, mm-hmm. like seeing, seeing Amos hold a gun to Holden. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, what? No. Yeah. But, um, it's super good. Jess and I are watching them together because uh, I'm slowly corrupting her. <laughs> um, one of us. One of us. Yeah, yeah. No, she. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we talk. Gobba, gobba, hey. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, so the other one is something else Jess and I are doing together. Um, we have a games workshop store near us. Hmm. And we went in. I've never been to one. We went in to go check it out. Oh, you and poor, poor woman. I know. I know. They call what? it plastic crack for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, they called that in the store, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the, 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 the guy running the counter was ogling something. He said, ooh, plastic crack. Uh-huh. And he's like, it's not real crack. It's, it's model. I was like, I, I know. I know. Uh-huh. But uh, anyway. So we got, mm-hmm. they have these um, pretty much learn-to-paint kits. I mean, they're learn-to-paint. Mm-hmm. They're very basic. But they yeah. come with a brush, some paints, three models. And you stip them out and put them together. They actually have easy click-together stuff, so you don't have to glue them. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I, 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 they're, they're good for beginner stuff. Um, 
but they're my I painted my first Space Marine today because mm-hmm. I needed something to do with my hands during a thunderstorm. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, did you? I can't remember. Did you post the picture to our chat or was I, it to your Twitter? No, I, I I did to our chat. Okay, so Fran, you can go mm. back and take a look at it. Yeah, I uh, I I got a glance at it. It looks pretty good. I mean, especially for I have not painted stuff before really, and I'm learning how to do it. It's you know really, it's a solid foundation, and that's that's you know the best you could ask for. I've done some of these learn to paint kits before. Reaper mm-hmm. does one for Reaper Bones. Mm, yeah. Before I lost, you know, ninety percent of my possessions, uh, I had yeah. I had a Reaper Bones set, and I was working mm-hmm. through painting them. Yep. But uh, no, I really liked um, uh, I really liked painting it. It's pretty simple. I like the way Citadel the Citadel paint gives you that little shelf. Mm-hmm. You pop it open. Yep. Uh, it's good times, and it wasn't terribly expensive for what you get. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're gonna get a starter box at some point with you know that comes with like chaos and space marines, and we're gonna we're gonna try out the actual game. And, and forever that was the last will it we dominate your destiny. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that we both said something like that at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like it because for me, painting, like, so the reason I was painting Nuri at Thunderstorm, I don't like thunderstorms. Um, yeah. It's trauma stuff. It's glad mm-hmm. noises in general set me off. Yeah. So I needed something to focus on. So yeah. headphones in, mm-hmm. painting. Makes sense. Makes and it's perfect very, sense. It's very zen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, very much so. I'll have to I'll have to post Fran some pictures of that. some of the stuff that I've done recently. Oh God, Fran's scenery is the most amazing stuff. Like mm. that campfire you did. Oh yeah, that was fun. Uh, I will I will admit I am uh I am if I'm thinking about what race I would play, I would be Tau. Because mm. I just like I like the robots. <laughs> I'm. Eldar, sad space elves. Definitely a sad space elf. I am less familiar with Warhammer, so mm-hmm. I cannot say. Yes. Well, folks, before this turns into the Space Nazi cast... <laughs> um, <laughs> Very nicely done. We're going to... I think we're going to wrap this up here. Um, yeah. We're... Uh, what... Y'all want to plug our pluggables? Go for sure. Yep. Um, It's time for me to say buy my book, which is called Vigilant, and uh, it is available uh, wherever fine ebooks are sold. So that's Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Drive Through Fiction, and you can also get it in print on Drive Through Fiction, and it's usually on sale for pennies a page, basically. it is high fantasy with low characters, and so just look for Vigilant and the name Fran uh, Francis Stewart and Sarah Stewart, my co-author. Um, and uh, if you write to me and let me know that you read the book, I will write you a haiku on any subject you ask for. And wait, I'm not wait, wait! Kidding. I thought they had to review the book. Somewhere. Well, I'd I'd like them to review the books, but you know, if they'll if they'll talk to me and tell me what they liked and didn't like, I will write them a haiku. I am, I am, I'm a generous goddess. So. <laughs> uh, I have nothing to plug except this podcast. 
<laughs> where, can, where can people find you? Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, if we're going to start that, I am on Twitter at, at TipTransformed. And, and I'm on Twitter at uh, Ronalyn Valor. And I am on Twitter at little underscore Lizzie 22. And we can be found on Facebook at Tabletop Transmissions. And on Twitter at Transmissions. Let me spell it for you because I spelled it weird when I made the Twitter account. <laughs> we are at T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-T-I. ONS. And we're available on iTunes and Podbean. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please leave a review. And please, please give us comments. Give us questions. Mm -hmm. Give us feedback. Yep. We would still love to do an entire mm -hmm. episode about reader comments and questions. I have one reader question that someone has asked me. What's, that, the, what's that, uh, the question? Well, mm. we don't have time now. Oh, we yeah. have a listener? Yeah. Seriously, seriously, guys, you know, it's it's a small fandom right now. Get in early and you can be on top like right now. Yeah, um, uh -huh. it's it's not nearly as scary as you think. You can ask the dumbest questions you want and we will find a way to make it entertaining and amusing for you. Oh, please. I, I mean, if we'd like to start out, I can ask all sorts of dumb questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think all of us can. <laughs> well, again, on on that note. Um, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry it's going to be late, but uh, we hope you liked it. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.